What defines a TLC, too? Because they're all basically ladder matches. Tables and chairs. Working fans podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down. Three, two. back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, may likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at FansWorking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. All right, everybody, it's the Working Fans Podcast. It's Dave with AJ Colin. We're talking NXT TakeOver. AJ, did you get to watch this event last night? I am so fired up to talk about this event. I wish we could have talked about it last night. Right after the show, this was the best pay-per-view of the year so far. Yeah, I got to agree. I heard some people talking about it like there might be better matches this year somewhere, but I don't know if there'll be a better overall card. Like, this was just if great. There was a better, if there was a better overall card of wrestling this year, I would have loved to have seen it. And, yes, Dave Meltzer, I know it must have happened in Japan. <laughs> he actually put this card over. He was saying it was the best card he saw this year, too. So, a lot of thumbs up. Why don't we start off at the beginning? Keith Lee versus Dijak. I don't necessarily know if this was as good as their other matches, but it was still phenomenal. The stuff they do, and... Beyond that, too, we get so lost in these guys and the big men moving around like cruiserweights, but Keith Lee's selling, for me in particular, is just phenomenal. So here's the thing to me about the difference between them and the cruiserweights when they do it. It's not just the fact that they're both, that Dijak's uh, 280 pounds and Keith Lee's 325. That's impressive. But it's the fact that they tell a story while they're doing it. The fact that they're actually telling the story and making you buy into it. I mean, I'm truly worried that these two guys are going to kill Kyle Riley is a O'Reilly is a freaking superstar. This kid is on fire in the ring. Not only does he have the personality, but his freaking moveset is absolutely insane. Yeah, no, no, very few that are better, I think, than O'Reilly. Very underrated. Could be a star someday, a single star, if he's given the right chance. I hope he gets it. He probably is safer at NXT, um, but we'll see what happens. I, I definitely hope you, big things for that guy. I'm telling you, you put long hair, a beard on him, and give him the tagline, baby, he's on fire. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we wrap things up for the world title. It's Champa versus Cole. The crowd is into it. It's crazy. I thought it went a little too long, but also, like, it didn't kill it. It was still a tremendous match. Man. I don't think it went too long. I think it just started too early. <laughs> too early. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it took a lot of crazy bumps. 
Ciampa sold his neck a few times. Excellent in this match. Some people I was watching this with were concerned about him, and I thought it was just great selling on his part. In the end, Gargano comes out and hits Ciampa with the belt to help Cole get the victory. And it looks like we're going to be going to the takeover for Mania. That's going to be Gargano versus Ciampa. I don't know. What do you think of the match? And what do you think of the booking going forward, what we're going to see? Well, I think with this match, the big thing was is that Ciampa didn't oversell the neck. He sold it like it was almost like a little stinger or tingling. Mm -hmm. He didn't sell it where he was, like, stopping his feet on the ground, like, oh, crap, I broke my neck. He didn't oversell it. He sold it more like a concern, like, oh, shit, a little numbness in my arm, a little. I thought it was freaking tremendous. Ciampa's the man. Adam Cole wrestled his ass off also. Those two guys, anytime they want to put this match together again, absolutely phenomenal. Okay. Um, I got a take for you. I want to try something on for you. Is Ciampa legit beat up, and is there possibility that this is going to be an angle with Ciampa and Gargano, careers on the line, and this is going to be Ciampa's last match coming up? Wow. Just throwing it out there. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, he, I mean it could be. He whips Why around at times. Yeah. Why else would they turn? Gargano heel again when the heel didn't really work the last time. I feel like they want to put the conclusion on this rivalry. It's the biggest NXT rivalry they ever had. Now, I have heard another theory that maybe they're going to do like a three-way title match with these two and Cole. I don't see that. You know, or a four-way with Finn, too, obviously. But, I mean, it could happen. I think this is leading to the conclusion of Ciampa and Gargano. Now, I would normally say a loser But do you, but do you really take it but do you really think it's the end of Ciampa's career? I don't, but here's the thing. Both guys have been outspoken. They don't want to go to the main roster. Oh, my God. So Gargano ain't going wow. nowhere. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens. Now you got me thinking. Holy shit. I hope, I hope not. Yeah, no, I don't want to happen either. I'm just throwing it out there as a hot take. I've seen, much like you said with Fish, I've noticed Ciampa is still performing at a higher level. But Ciampa, I've seen him limp around at times. Well, that's what He's I was going to say. Ciampa... I actually was going to go in there. I was going to say, it's not like Ciampa's wrestling like Bobby Fish. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he looked really good. I mean, that match, if it's not for the Broser weights, that's probably my favorite match of the night. But actually, yeah. Cody Kai, I, I want to take this back. I want to go back to something. Cody Kai, I made the joke about the shorts and stuff like that. That match to me was absolutely insane. I love that match. Yeah. We don't, we don't have to deep dive back into that match. But no. to me, that's one of the best women's matches I've seen. I you know enjoyed what? that more than more than freaking Ripley and LF. And you know what? And that's the great thing about this card. We had tremendous matches all around that a lot of people probably would say Cole and Ciampa or Gargano and Bauer. You're saying Dakota and Tegan. I'm saying the Brozoweights versus, you know, Fish and O'Reilly. There's just so many good matches to choose from on this card that from a wrestling standpoint, they really give you a little bit of effort. Well, that's just it. It made me not want to pick a favorite. Right. The right. card was so good all around that by picking a favorite from other great matches, and yeah. I'm not, because there wasn't a match on the card where I'm like, oh, Christ, I, I want to fast forward this one. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, no, it was and all good stuff. Whereas even with the Royal Rumble, which was a good card by the WWE standards lately, there's still times where I find myself fast forwarding. Right, right. No, I see what you mean. 
So I think that about wraps up our review. Is there anything else you want to get out about this card or going future? I just can't wait for Wednesday to see where the stuff is going to go. Charlotte Flair is uh, freaking absolutely amazing. To be able to do the things that she does and the presence that she has, the fact that her and Finn Balor are literally saying, we want a piece of NXT, NXT's on fire. Yeah. And I, I just want to know, and obviously I'm somebody who watches AEW, you know that. How are they losing the rating war? <laughs> well, I think somebody hit it on the head. Unfortunately, the, the WWE, even though despite recent Survivor Series, they've had many years where they made this look like this is the, the feeder brand. You know, they're the main roster. And unfortunately, perception becomes reality sometimes in other people's eyes. And I don't think NXT well, gets the chance the viewing chance. Nick Foley once said that he thought that in the Monday Night Wars, they had overcome creatively for a while before they actually started winning the ratings wars. So I have a question for you. Sure. And maybe I'm far off base here, but do you, do you think part of it is also, right now we know Vince McMahon's not doing NXT. Right. So obviously, you know, hey, tuning in, it's a great product, it's fantastic. Do you think part of the problem is, is that People who would normally tune in and watch NXT are nervous watching the product and getting invested because they're afraid if it gets too over that Vince McMahon will have something to do with it and will ruin the product that they that they now absolutely love. Here's the hard truth for fans like me and you to have to swallow. At the end of the day, the combined audience between NXT and AEW has grown, but it's also gone down a little bit at times too. It hovers around. 700 to 900,000 range, given whatever yeah. show. Usually AEW's up, well, but that, yeah. I, Unfortunately, well, Raw man, and SmackDown are the higher-rated shows. Yeah, how much ratings does SmackDown get right now? They're in the twos, the mid-twos, on a network TV show, though. So that's probably a little bigger. Now, do you think, but do you think part of that, and obviously USA does Raw and does NXT. AEW, I mean, and does NXT, and then TNT does AEW. Do you think with them being more obscure networks, even though they're not completely obscure, do you think that that affects it, and do you think that the fact that the viewing public so watch used to watching Raw, that that affects it? I think you hit that. As far as Monday night goes, yes. I think that's the night people watch wrestling. I said this before. If you put AEW on Monday night, they got a chance at taking on Raw. I think there's more people watching wrestling on Monday nights. Well, I think part of the problem is, is that, especially as men, we've conditioned our wives to understand that we're going to watch wrestling on Monday night. Right. Anybody who's been with us for a long time and knows we're wrestling fans is going to know, okay, they watch wrestling on Monday night. Right. How hard is it to now go to your wife and say, hey, by the way, I'm going to watch two hours of wrestling on Wednesday night now. Right. <laughs> can, or can we change Monday to Wednesday? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it, exactly. It's almost like a Pavlov's dog thing where you have them con freaking um, conditioned to be like, understanding. Because I can tell you my wife is pissed off that I'm watching that much wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you used to only watch three hours of wrestling. Now you're watching seven hours of wrestling. And you're tuning in for SmackDown, so you're at nine hours of wrestling during the week. <laughs> yes. Now that AJ's buried his wife, <laughs> talked about women being like dogs. 
I think this is a great segue to say, we're the Working Fans Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this segment. <laughs> All right, it's the Working Fans Podcast with Dave and Joe. We're going to have a little discussion this week because we like talking wrestling. Fuck you. Joe, how we doing, buddy? Got anybody? Frankly, anybody that doesn't listen to our show is my asshole of the week. <laughs> you know what? You're speaking a lot of truth, there, Joe. And you're making a lot of sense. I take it back because I don't want to offend any future listeners. Yeah, piece of shit. All right. <laughs> Maybe they just don't know about us yet. Maybe they don't. But Not you gotta learn. Has iTunes. I don't know if we're on the Stitcher. Yeah, we. Yeah, what's up with that? We gotta get on the Stitcher. <laughs> We'll figure it out. We're we're still growing. Still growing. All right. 2020's good to us. I want to talk about something this week that I noticed. Babyface heel lines getting blurred a little more. And it got blurred for me in actually two very fantastic segments. Two segments I loved. But uh, it kind of blurred the lines a little bit. Now, the first one was... uh, I'll I'll tell you the one I loved the most last. But uh, Velveteen Dream is back. All right, I'm excited about him. He's getting into it. Roddy Strong. They're continuing off of this. You know, Velveteen just came back from an injury. Strong stole his belt at the time. But uh, even though Strong lost the belt, he wants Strong back. However, he's basically doing almost a Rick Rude, and he's got Sean's baby mama and his son on his tights. Maria and gotcha. Troy are both on his tights. Gotcha. Yeah. And he's telling Strong that don't worry, you know, if you got hurt, Maria's got a man right here to help her out and make her feel good about herself, basically. Okay. Classic heat angle. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Like, he's getting back at him and, you know, but also, like, a little heelish. Now, another angle I really love AEW did was Santana doing an interview with Jim Ross this week. Thought it was fantastic. Oh, that was out of hand. That was amazing. Yeah, so now this comes off the week where Moxley now is going to get revenge for them damaging his eye and he does the same thing to Santana the week earlier with, hits the, car him with the car keys right in the eye so now Ross are talking about you know you had mentioned about living in darkness and Santana talks about a down point in his life and how he's calling his dad and his dad's like that's every day of my life and his father you find out is actually blind and it was so well done but man it made me feel like this guy's a baby face now there's not anything wrong with that because down the road you can turn this into him being a baby face yeah and Jer- and Ross even addresses it at some point basically saying shouldn't you be mad at Chris Jericho the man who basically brought this you know upon all of us yes you know and he seems a little misguided but at the same time are we getting away a little bit from classic heel baby faces? Yeah, WWE's been making a business of that for how many years, where it's been shades of gray. Sure. And Attitude Era, really, where it started? Probably. It's a way to go at it. It's more reflective of life, but wrestling, mm. I don't think, necessarily needs to mirror life like that. Yeah. There are shades of gray, but you're also telling a story. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. To have a clear good guy and a clear bad guy, mm-hmm. I find, like, MJF, he's making himself a clear bad guy. Yep, absolutely. And doing amazing at it. Sure. And um, I mean... On the flip side, Tim Storm in NWA, I would say perennial babyface. Yeah. And, you know, just doing a real good job at keeping that going. Also, I mean, Britt Baker becoming a really good heel as well, too. And so she's another one I would think that... She needed it, but you also saw her develop it. So that takes you a little out of it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you saw her not be able to cut a promo very well early on. Almost an Mm in-betweener. Now that she's definitely going towards heel, 
I think she's playing it better and just really living it. Sidebar, though, I really love her interaction with Tony Schiavone. Oh, yeah, with yeah. Tony Schiavone and tearing down JR. Oh, yeah, yeah. But- and I believe JR brought that up on his podcast this week. Oh, yeah. They're making her a bigger heel by tearing into these announcers who almost, like, why would you give them hell about it? Yeah, and he's totally cool with it, obviously. But I, I think, like, her interaction with Tony, like, it was brought up this week on another podcast. I want to say it might have been Brian Alvarez, Wrestling Observer, but basically, like, when she yells at Tony, you know, you're a star, stand up straight. And Tony, like, straightens up his shoulders and everything. Like, yeah. interaction is just fucking great. Like, Yeah, I, the announcers are doing a real good job to put her over. And I'd say they're almost half of that package of putting her over. Half was her developing that right persona. And then the other half is the people that are selling it to you from the company, i.e. the announcers. They're really doing a good job of putting it over and... Really putting themselves in a spot where she can shit on them. Now, you know, talking a little bit about, more about AEW, we've referred to them as the uh, wrestling organization in the past. Uh, uh, no, no, sorry, the, flip that. The, the better sports entertainment. Better, better sports right. entertainment. NXT yeah. is more the wrestling. But yes. NXT introduced a little sports entertainment this week, in the last couple of weeks, but I really loved it. The Broserates. Pete Dunn. And Matt Riddle, yes, kind of like you taking know. that dusty classic. They're up tonight for the tag championships. Yeah. I want them to win. I sure. don't know if they're the favorite, but I would think they're that up and coming team that I don't know. I didn't know if they would do well together, mm-hmm. and they are really taken off. They're great. I love the segments where they're sneaking into Triple H's plane. Did you see this stuff? I did not, no. Okay, yeah. There was segments all on NXT this week where they're trying to get the Dusty Cup over to Portland, and they get pulled over, and apparently Pete doesn't have a driver's license, and oh, Matt's God. giving him shit, and Pete's like, you don't have a driver driver's license either. He's like, don't worry about it, Pete. <laughs> and then they're on a boat, and he's like, how are we going to get to Portland like this? He's like, I'm just thinking, Pete. This doesn't have anything to do with getting there. And then they're like, we're going to go on that plane, and he's like... Like, why are we carrying our own Dusty Cup? Don't worry about it, Pete. And they sneak it on there, and then he kind of shoves Pete in like a door, like a back cargo compartment, and they close the door, and then Triple H is coming and actually have his music playing. For some reason, you find out it's Triple H's jet and Matt Riddle sneaking a ride. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's just good stuff. It's hard to believe to me sometimes that this is the same company because, you know, they do wrestle and so well in NXT, but now here we are getting sports entertainment in there a little bit. Sometimes... I'm not against sports entertainment, but I'd like more wrestling, little sports entertainment. I think that's what they do, though. I think, yeah. Yeah, and Raw is almost heavy on the sports entertainment, light on the wrestling. It's been getting better from the Raw reviews I've heard, though. And AEW, you know, as far as they go, a couple weeks. And man, I think I might have, I don't know if I said this on a prior pod because I'm old, but you help me out here. Basically, they're doing the best out of any company right now in North America with long-term storytelling that I see. Like, they are just... We are been building and building the stuff. Like, the, the lashes last week that finally happened. You know, just this coming week where we got MJF... I'm sorry. Wardlow versus Cody in a cage. Like, how long have we been building for this stuff for? You know? Yes. The storytelling on that Cody angle has been amazing. I thought the cage match was last week, but it would make sense that it's closer to the paper. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just the storytelling overall about who's the grand leader of the Dark Order. You know, there's a lot of elements that I think they're doing right over the long haul that WWE hasn't done for us in a while. So it's refreshing to see storytelling play out over a long period. 
Yeah, uh, and I, I'm very happy to see it happening. One other thing I really enjoy too, another sidebar we're getting into this now, is like Jeff Cobb showing up this week. and Because this was different for me. We entered, we announced him as coming up next week. So you're like, oh, wow, we're going to get Jeff Cobb next week. Bam, surprise appearance at the end of the show. Yeah. Very well done. Nice way to introduce him. Nice way to make a surprise out of it. And from what I understand, he's a free agent still. Yeah, he hasn't signed, surprisingly. <laughs> I guess he's just coming in for this angle, which... I like seeing that because he's making an AEW appearance, mm-hmm. but he's still I he's still doing ROH shows. And maybe it could open up the door to NWA. Maybe it open up the door to NWA, ROH, AEW, and New Japan all working wow. together. Speaking of New Japan, I believe you wanted to talk about some New Japan. Yeah, last week I was very excited for the New Beginning in Osaka card. It had the Moxley versus Suzuki match that they've been building to, which I thought was a good match. It was... A little under my expectations. I think I expected something bigger. Yeah. I still enjoyed it fully. Maybe with the Sabre Jr. running at the end, eh, I could have liked it better, but still very enjoyable. I do like the fact that we got Moxley still with that belt going to wrestle Jericho in a few weeks. And that, you know, like, I keep waiting for him to take the belt off Mox, but he keeps holding on to it. I thought for sure he'd lose it to Suzuki because that would be a huge person to have tour the States with it. Yeah. The only reason this match doesn't feel like it lived up to my expectations because Ruli versus Hiromu Takahashi was a match to be fucking seen. I've heard. The former Dragon Lee, there was like a five-minute chop-off mm. that they both their chests looked beat up, and then it went into a, like a typical match for them, but amazing as always. What would you say was the big takeaway from this show? That Naito versus to me it'd be Lee versus Takahashi, but Naito versus Kenta, mm-hmm. awesome match. Naito got busted open huge. Oh, I saw that. Bleeding. Yeah. And also another match or another angle they set up that I thought was pretty good was Rapongi 3K is going to defend their titles versus their leader Rocky Romero teaming with Ryusuke Taguchi. Hmm. And to Beautiful. me, I just like it because Romero's always been a part of Rapongi. Right. Being a part of Rapongi Vice, but then being almost like the manager for 3K, and now he's going for their title. So hasn't Laguchi always been kind of a comedy act for him? Oh yes, yeah. he has. Yeah. Very good member of the roster. Right. You know, comedy, but not as comedy as Yano necessarily. Right, you get a right, little right. more wrestling out of him. Mm-hmm. But I think the take takeaways from this event were Naito keeping his titles, Moxley amazing, amazingly keeping his, and then. Just another awesome Takahashi Lee match. Is Jeff Cobb coming up on some future New Japan dates too? I'm not exactly sure. He has done dates for them. I yeah. wouldn't surprise be surprised to see him back in. Like especially yeah. coming up for the G1 show, the G1 tournament later in the year. Maybe even the event at Madison Square Garden, which the uh, Dynasty that was announced. This yes, week. I hear that apparently Mox and Jericho will not be on that show, according no. to Meltzer, because that was one of the deals that those guys can compete in Japan for New Japan, but they can't compete in North America for New Japan. And it's it's going to be interesting to see who they get on this show. Is it just a New Japan show? Mm-hmm. It's not co-branded with ROH, but could it be something where you get a couple ROH guys? Maybe somehow you get Moxley and Jericho in there. Like maybe I don't know if there's a way they can make it work, but maybe they you could. see that kind of integration. It's going to be interesting to see 
who ends up on that show when it comes around. Definitely could always make it work. It doesn't seem like that's the plan now, but plans change. Yes. So, all right. Anything else you want to touch on right now? Or uh, Tonight, we got NXT TakeOver. Oh, yeah. We're not going to go over the whole card because I believe you and AJ are going to be talking about that. That might happen, folks. Hold on. <laughs> what, uh, what's the match? If you had to pick one mas- match that you're most excited for tonight, what would it be? For me, even though like maybe not from a technical standpoint, I don't know. I, I actually just a couple. Like not from but the Broserweights versus Red Dragon, O'Reilly and uh, Fish has definitely got me excited because I want to see if the Broserweights get the straps. I hope they do. That's but also, one of my top two. Then. But also fucking Keith Lee and Donovan Jidrak have those fucking were killed the, it every time. And those were the two matches I was gonna bring up because Lee versus Dijakovic, huge. Uh, huge feud in PWG. Mm-hmm. They've done amazing matches. To bring it to this level, I'm hoping that we're going to see the best version of the match they can give us tonight. I think Dijakovic coming along great in NXT. Mm-hmm. Lee, always been amazing, just getting better. Yeah. And, I mean, Red Dragon, now the Undisputed Era, they've been a yeah. team for so long. I think they're going to come together good with Riddle and Dunn. Also, too, and like we're not going to go too deep into this card, but I mean, we'll just announce it real quick. I mean, you're, we're not even talking about the fact that Adam Cole is wrestling Ciampa and Johnny Wrestling is wrestling Finn Balor. And we got Rhea Ripley versus Bianca yeah, Belair, Belair, who are both killing it right the now. The thing I like about this card is right now there's two, three, four, five, six matches announced. Yeah. And four of them are title matches. One is a street fight. Oh, right. Yeah. And you're even going to get a musical performance from Poppy tonight. So I did not know that. Good homework, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I searched it because I knew it was a solid card, but I wanted to see exactly what it was. And I like NXT because I w- this is like a bare-bones card, but it's mm-hmm. heavy hitter. Every match is important. There's not really a bathroom break on this. You can argue that AEW has the better show on Wednesday. Very arguable between both brands. But at the end of the day, as far as big show goes right now, is anybody putting better shows into takeovers still? I don't think the takeovers can top the AEW pay-per-views. Really? And the AEW pay-per-views definitely top the main roster, like Raw, SmackDown oh, definitely. pay-per-views. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to the quality of show you're putting out and the level of storytelling you're using. Mm-hmm. AEW and NXT seem to be doing very good, but just better at what... They're good at what the other show lacks in, maybe. Right, 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 right. Not saying that AEW's wrestling is even bad, but NXT obviously is holding it down more for that. Yeah, wrestling's on another level. Whereas I think, like, long-term planning, AEW is the best right now. NXT was when they were an hour show that was taped. Week week for a little while. Yeah, it's but, just yeah. like with the takeovers where mm. the shorter show is better, leaner. You're putting, mm-hmm. it, you have to choose to structure it in a different way. I'll say this: Maro Naro once, who does boxing, he does fucking you, MMA. MMA. Yeah, not UFC, but he does MMA and he does wrestling. They were asked like, "What is the biggest feel?" And they were talking about you know the heavyweight championship feel for boxing. And he immediately brought up this was a this was a combat sports interview he was doing. And he said, "Guys, I try to tell everybody that NXT those takeovers for me are like a world championship feel every time I do them." So if that guy right there is putting over how big these feel for him, that says something. And the, yeah, the takeovers have always been a very good event. I mm-hmm. I can't think of one off the top of my head that's come up short. I actually heard somebody put him over recently, too, by the way. This is another sidebar. That basically, Morrow is the greatest announcer of all times because there's not anybody that does boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. 
Sure. And this was a combat sport, so this was a guy who was saying that I don't recognize pro wrestling as a combat sport, which it's not. He said, but they're a part of the family, and I get that. And this guy does all of it. Yeah, and he also leads to that legitimacy, because if he does the boxing announcing, does the MMA <laughs> announcing, yeah, you know you're watching wrestling, but here's a guy that's framing these combat sports. Sure. He's your voice, and if you have that voice doing it with the NXT, right. your mind almost associates NXT with those other things. Right, and you're seeing him on other cable networks, you're seeing him on Showtime, pay-per-views, he's a big deal. Yes. So. Alright. Another big weekend for wrestling and MMA, like always. As always. As of late. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. Actually, uh, Fury and Wilder are coming up this coming week. That Fury and Wilder 2, which is actually the one boxing, like those two guys, that got me back into boxing a little oh, bit. Oh, wow. Yeah, Fury's basically just... I mean, his stuff in WWE hasn't been fantastic, but he's a great entertainer. He's a super slick boxer. He's like six foot seven, and he moves around like with his footwork, like he's just a lighter weight fighter. I was watching him yesterday on the Mike Tyson podcast, and it was just interesting to hear him talk. Oh yeah, he's a very charismatic guy, and Wilder is like Mike Tyson: thirty-eight wins, forty wins, thirty-eight by knockout. And wow. basically, now, yeah. So it's like that's just it's two. And you, I'm sure you've seen the. The GIF, I believe they're called. You kids call them the GIF, or are they called a GIF? I always call them a GIF, but I heard a GIF. We're not getting into that. I don't even discuss them. I, I use them sometimes. But you've seen them probably where uh, Fury got knocked out and came back to life, basically. I, yeah, I had. Yeah, 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 they played the Undertaker music, I think. Oh, so yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was legit. I actually heard the referee break that down, that he was going over, expecting to wave the fight off and see this guy's eyes were closed but he was shocked that his eyes were wide open so he's like oh i start counting and then i get to five six and he starts getting up and now we're at nine and he's looking at me and he's got his hands on me I'm like okay are you ready and he does a little walk for me like okay here we go and next thing you know he basically goes on to outbox wilder in that last round wow that knockout was in the last round too oh well, it was the very last round of the fight so geez. it goes to a draw and now we got a rematch better story you couldn't write so. yeah i mean shit is that a work? Of course it'll work. What are you, second more? <laughs> it's all the work. Yeah, I, I think that. that's what we'll end on this yeah, week. Yeah, there you go. End on for our portion this week. and Hopefully AJ will be with us later. I haven't heard much from today. Regardless, we're the Working Fans Podcast. Yeah, if not, you'll hear more of me. That's right. <laughs> Bring Joe back. All right. We're out. Love you guys. Later. Working Fans Podcast. It's everybody's semi-favorite semi-racial nobody's gotten back to us if it's racist yet so i'm still gonna say it's all in good fun but it's the video game or wrestler segment where yeah. i give dave a few names and he tells me if they're in the video game industry or the wrestling industry yeah i keep winning too so yeah four and three both weeks all right i win by one every week all right get it done at the end of the day i'm getting it done let's do it baby now if we had to have you guessed if it was a dude or a woman? <laughs> we might fall a little more in the middle, but let's start off with Hideo Kojima. Hideo? Ooh, man. Hideo? That motherfucker's a wrestler. He's a, he's a video gamer. Damn! Metal Gear Solid. Uh, it wasn't we'll go with the name of Koji Katao. Koji Katao. Great wrestling family. Uh, I don't think he came from a great wrestling family, but he was a wrestler. He was a sumo turned pro wrestler. There he is. I believe there was an issue with him and John Tenta over in Japan. Oh, I didn't think that was him, but I know who you're talking about. Maybe that's his real name, too. But yeah. Yes. The next name on our list is Takashi Sugura. Oh, Sugura. S U G I U R A, however you pronounce it. That's a wrestler, baby. 
He is. He wrestles for Noah. Yeah, damn right he is. Yeah, you, you listened to Post Pro Res this week. <laughs> you got that name. Kenichi Miyahara. Mm. Again, pro wrestler. Unfortunately, he's in the movie or the video game business. He handled CG movie production on a couple things for Cap... Or he's done different movie things for Capcom. He did the CG movie production on Devil May Cry 4. Mm. Next on the list is Kento Miyahara. Wrestler. Yep, that's why I shouldn't put these names fucking together. <laughs> what are we now? Three and two? You are three and two. All right, baby, we're close. We got Rika Muranaka. Ah, gamer. You fucking ass. <laughs> yeah, he did, did music it, for Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> maybe, we'll do, maybe we won't be four and three this week. I could actually do five and two. Let's see what we got. Yeah, that's a good question. And last name on the list is Koji Kondo. Koji Kondo. Gamer. Once again, the list ended four and three. Four and you were correct. <laughs> Folks, this might be the last uh, week of this because... I'm supposed it, to look like an asshole. Yeah, here. <laughs> the game isn't looking nearly as dumb as this game was designed to. Mm. So, And there's only so many names I'm going to be able to put on the list. So next week we'll come at you with possibly a new segment... Or possibly this again. We'll we'll see if I can finally throw the monkey wrench in the works. Yeah. You guys have a good week. Later. Work It Fans Podcast. Welcome back to the 531, where we take a top five list on a particular subject, debate it down to a top three list, further debate it down to a top one. Jesse from New Hampshire this week came through big, and he came with the topic of the top five ladder matches. I'm going to start with his list first. He has... Rock versus Austin, SummerSlam 98. Ooh. Hardys versus Edge and Christian, No Mercy 99. Triple threat tag match, which is the Hardys versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys at WrestleMania 2000. Jericho versus Benoit, Royal Rumble 01. And Taker versus Hardy, Raw 2002. Oh, that's a good one. I forgot about that. Climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. Now, how many of these matches are you familiar with? Because Rock versus Austin, I don't necessarily remember. Obviously, Hardys versus Edge and Christian. What was uh, event was Rock and Austin from again? SummerSlam 98. That's not accurate. I was at SummerSlam 98. That is Rock versus Triple H. Oh, now, I don't yeah. know if that's Jesse or you, but we can look that up right now if you want to verify that. That was SummerSlam, Highway to Hell, Madison Square Garden. All right, <clears throat> Rock versus Triple H. Austin wrestled Undertaker, and that's the infamous match where Austin knocked himself out in the middle of it. Okay. Uh, you know, they did a, Taker had ducked his head, and Austin gave him like, like he was going to backdrop him. Uh, and Austin kicked him, and Taker's head went flying up and connected. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was at that event, so was AJ. So that's, uh, wow. <laughs> that'll, that'll fix that. So, yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, that is a solid list either way. Yeah. Uh, the trouble with this list, and I'm, I learned from Randy's list, I'm not going to shit on the subject anymore. Ladder matches is hard because there's so many events. Yeah. AJ went digging in the crates for his list. Yeah. He got Omega versus Elgin yep. from New Japan Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. 2016. Big Daddy Ritter versus Jake Roberts. Sure. Stampede 79. Yeah, you know who Big Daddy Ritter is, right? I have no clue. Junkyard Dog, baby. That's who that is. Oh, That's wow. the JYD. Oh, when damn, the oh yeah. <laughs> El Generico versus Steen for the PWG title That's 2011. Yeah. Smothers versus Candido. Smoky Mountain Wrestling 94. 
And Wolves versus Steen and Generico, 2009 for the ROH tag titles. AJ, you looked this list up online. You're a fucking cheater. <laughs> but that's all right. <laughs> Randy from Griswold had uh, Randy Osgo. Why am I fucking kayfabe in his last name? No, he's fucking been he on the show. <laughs> Former guest. I know. How many subjects have we taken from him, too? We had to let Jesse from New Hampshire in. That's going to be the summer ladder match is Randy and Jesse mm. for the July 4th subject. Well, when I asked Jake for his list of ladder matches, he got back to me and said, look, I'm drunk and stoned right now. I thought, do you mean, could we be in a five-star ladder match? And I thought, yes, instant classic. So well, we didn't get Jake's list this week. He was busy. I like, I like how Jake operates. We're going to have to op- We're gonna have to invite him back for the 420 specific episode. Goddamn right. Randy's list includes Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, WrestleMania 10. He put TLC WrestleMania 16... Actually, we're going to take that off the list because Jesse said specifically ladder matches and not TLC because there's a few he would have put on. Oh. So I'm not even going to figure out who that is. Fuck. I might have a TLC. uh... Well, we'll figure it out. If it's not specified, I'm not going to know. Oh, okay. That's just how bad I am with memory. (laughs) Jake knows what's up. (laughs) The North American title match from NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Huge match. Hmm. Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns versus The Addiction. Ladder Wars from the ROH All-Star Extravaganza 16. And Ladder War 4, Final Battle, Kevin Steen versus Generico. Whose list was that? That was Randy's. That was Randy. Yeah, good list. Yeah, that Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns versus Addiction. Were you there for that? I was there for that yeah. with Scott, my brother. It was one of the wilder tag matches I've ever seen. And... That was a couple of years ago, and that was Daniels going all out. And he's still going like crazy to this day. So it's wild to think a couple of years ago I had seen him at his peak, and it's only getting better. Now, Zach came through with the list. He had Jericho versus Benoit, Michaels versus Razor, Rock versus Triple H, Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys versus the Hardys, and Omega versus Elgin. Mm. Now that Edge, Christian, the Dudleys, Hardys, was that a TLC match? I thought one of their matches was not considered TLC. What defines a TLC, too? Because they're all basically ladder matches. Tables and chairs. Yeah. You gotta, I know. Like, I, I know, like, the idea, but I I mean, think, you can use tables and chairs in a regular ladder match, too. I would think if it's specified, I'm going to guess maybe it's the triple threat tag match from WrestleMania 2000. Mm-hmm. He didn't write events next to it, like, I will where tell they you, came from. I will tell you this, though. The Razor... Uh, HBK match, me and him did have a talk about. That is a match of Mania, obviously, but we both agreed we liked their SummerSlam match better, but the, the Mania match was the one that kind of started it all. Yeah. Yeah. And let me see if there's anything else to go on. Uh, nope. We hit Scott? We hit... No, Scott is next. Okay. He, his list included <laughs> Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys. Yeah. Michaels versus Razor. Bucks versus the Addiction versus the Motor City Machine Guns from that latter war I was telling you about. Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers at All Out. I had forgotten about that for a minute. Yeah. And then Steen versus Generico, the latter war four. Was he at the Bucks versus uh, the Lucha Bros? Yes. Okay. That explains. Yeah, he was. He was in the crowd. Yeah. Randy? Him and Randy. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. And we were at, we were recording an episode for our podcast at the time during that match. Because we really? looked over, yeah, we looked over at one point and had a holy shit moment. So we had to actually we watched that live. Wow, the old that would explain why your memory and our memory about that is a little different than his memory. Wow, the early days, huh? <laughs> the early days, right? This was before we actually we were just practicing recording at that point. I want to say. 
We're in here to talk about practice. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going to give you my list. Yeah. And then AJ, or shit, Dave's going to yeah, drop I got a list on us. Dave's actually here, so he can provide a list. Yeah, I actually showed up to work, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, the top of my list is obviously Bucks versus Addiction versus Motor City Machine Guns Ladder War. Yes. Two is Michaels versus Razor. Three is Steam versus Generico Ladder War. Mm. Four is Bucks versus Lucha Bros at All Out. Five is Jericho versus Benoit. Ladder matches have never really been my thing. I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a fan of a cage match. I could give you like top five cage matches I've enjoyed. But there are some big ones on here. Like I said, I was there for Bucks versus Addiction versus Motor City. Wild match. Michaels versus Razor. I don't know how many times I've seen. That's Steen versus Generico match. If you haven't seen it. Haven't. Seen the ending. Okay, then you've seen some shit. Yeah. The it's a wild pretty, match. Yeah, yeah. The package pile driver off a ladder onto more multiple ladders. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Uh what do you have on your list? Uh, Alright. We'll so I want to be a little up. different. So I started off at HBK and Razor, WrestleMania ten. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna go uh Big Daddy uh Big Daddy Ritter and Jake <laughs> Roberts just to no. throw a curve at us. <laughs> I did throw in Starcade 2000, I believe it was. Three count versus the Jung Dragons versus Jamie Noble and Evan Courageous. So that was Shannon Moore and Helms, Shane Helms at the time. Yeah, uh, I think he's Shane. Oh, he's Shane again. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, they were three count. Courageous had broke off with Noble, who was also part of the Drunk Jaggins. And Courageous and who? Jamie Noble. Noble. Yeah. So, and it was a great match. They tore it up. Uh, Helms and uh, Moore won it. But I remember that was one of the dying days at WCW. But they had a really good match. It's actually one of the first. So it was three count versus Young Dragons versus Moore and Helms? Three count is more in Helms. Oh, three count is more in Helms. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Drunk Dragons was like, it's called, it's Young Dragons, but it's a little J. Yeah. That's why, that's why I keep saying it like that. So, but uh, Kazahashi was part of that team. Yeah. I'm blanking out on the other guy. And I've then never... Noble was part of that three-man team of the Dragons. He broke off, and Courageous was part of three count. They broke off and became a team together. And that's how this match Oh, okay. That, that makes some storyline sense for this. I... Yeah, 2000s WCW. I don't watch. I just no, no. It was dying. 2000. This is the bright spot of like that time period. Wow, I'd have to check it out. What do you got for number three on here? I got Jericho versus HBK. No Mercy, 2008 for the world title. So this is part of that angle where Jericho had injured Shawn Michaels' eye. He also punched his wife in the storyline. Yeah. You know, supposedly by accident. We actually legit got a good shot on her, apparently. Wow. And uh, Jericho had lost to Michaels on a pay-per-view before this, but at the end of the evening entered a uh, fatal five-way type deal and won the world title. So they ended up having this ladder match at the following pay-per-view, and uh, they tore the house down. Really good stuff. Great feud. Definitely worth checking out. Wow. Number four, Armageddon 2006. Paul London and Brian Kendrick versus Dave Taylor and Steven Regal versus Eminem. All right, so that's Nitro and Mercury, better known now as John Morrison and Joey Mercury, and the Hardy Boys. And what this match is famous for is this is one where Mercury's face exploded. You might remember there was a teeter-totter ladder spot, and basically Mercury had been over and his face basically got smashed. Yeah, Yeah, the nose just blew up instant blood everywhere. Wild, wild match. Worth checking out. And this one is not going to be on anybody's, but it's a personal favorite. I went back to look it up. RVD versus Eddie Guerrero, Monday Night Raw, 
May 27, 2002 for the Intercontinental title. This match was great. Back and forth. RVD wins the belt. There was a couple cameos in this. One, Chris Benoit is out in the crowd because he's about to uh, make his return. And we don't know what brand he's about to be on. And the other two cameos What year was that? This is 2002. And this is also, at the very end of this, Steve Austin comes down after Guerrero had jumped RVD. And he starts kicking Eddie Guerrero's ass because they're having a bit of a feud. Okay. But also, in the middle of this match, Eddie Guerrero is going up a spot for the ladder or to go for like a splash. And a fan jumps in the ring and knocks Eddie off the ladder. <laughs> Immediately, the fan grabs him and Eddie got a couple shots of that motherfucker. Best believe that. <laughs> wow, so a fan knocked Eddie off the ladder. Knocked Eddie off the ladder. Live TV, old- Monday Night Raw. So check that out, folks. Eddie versus RVD, IC title. Worth going out of the way. All right, that's my list. Solid list, but I think who's made, who made it the most here? HBK and Razor. HBK versus Razor, no question. Hardys versus Dudleys made a lot of lists. I'm going to put him in there with Edge and Christian because classic lineup. Mm-hmm. Now for that third spot, it's hard. We got the Steen versus Generico yep. on a couple lists. Yep. We got the Ladder War with Bucks, Motor City Machine Guns, and The Addiction. Rock versus Triple H on a couple lists. I mean, I was there for Rock Triple H. It was definitely the highlight of that show. It was yeah. fantastic. And it's a point where that's before both guys were going to go on to be the fucking legends that they would become. They were still in that Intercontinental title reign. They were established acts. They were stars. Yeah. But they weren't going to be there yet. See, I would put my vote in for Box Addiction Motor City. You were there for that. It was just wild. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to you wanna go in the middle and just do Bucks versus Lucha Bros from All Out since that was also a good match? I think it's going to be hard debating the matches we were at because we're both going to have stronger feeling sure that okay we'll do bucks versus lucha bros because that was a solid match as well yep and as almost always happens we're down to our top three and i honestly think bucks versus lucha bros is going to come off first just for the just because of the level of it's not iconic yeah like the yeah it's going to be tough with these two because hbk versus razor very famous match and then Hardys versus Dudleys versus Edge and Christian, that was the start of a new generation. Mm-hmm. And really kind of set ladder, ladder matches in a new era. Where HBK and Razor might have been the high water mark before, this triple threat match took that and made it even higher. I yeah, imagine. to me, uh, HBK and Razor set the bar, but then those teams basically blew across that bar. They threw the bar away and then fucking just kept going. And there's no doubt about Today's it. Today's style is uh, maybe not highly derivative of the Hardys, Dudley's, Edge and Christian style, but you could say it definitely opened the door to that more kind of extreme. Yeah, and just the feud that these guys would have, ladder matches, TLC matches, sorry, Jesse. But it's just, you know, at the end of the day, like this was definitely the match that really kind of set the bar. These teams right here. All right, so this week's winner, Hardys versus Dudleys versus Edge and Christian. Find us on Twitter, get in our email, bug us on Facebook. Let us know what you think your top ladder matches are. Did we miss any? And as always, thank you for listening to the Working Fans Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Later. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod 
at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 